When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back to 5th Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack at 93.7 The Fan and The Fan Morning Show. Thanks again to Eric Tangrady for joining as he does a couple times a week. We'll talk to him again on Wednesday when he'll have that wish list punched up for the Penguins at the trade deadline. Speaking of trade deadline, one team that's going to be very busy between now and March 3rd, including Tuesday night when they host the Pens for the final game of the uh, Penguins road trip is the San Jose Sharks. And joining us from SJ Hockey now, Sheng Peng, Sharks insider. Sheng, thanks for taking a couple minutes. How are you? Uh, very good. How about yourself? Great, great. I saw you did... Uh, uh, on YouTube, I believe it was a couple days ago. Great little breakdown of where the Sharks sit uh, as the deadline approaches. We're less than three weeks away now. Uh, they've got some, they've got some big name assets. They've got the guy that is commonly ranked by many league-wide insiders as the number one target uh, on uh, as trade deadline day approaches on the wish list of teams around the league. They've also got a couple of other pieces that may be available. So let me start with the big name and let's start with. Timo Meyer. Is there any chance at all that comes Saturday, March 4th, he wakes up and he's still a San Jose Shark? <laughs> um, I, I think I find him highly unlikely. I mean, as of a couple weeks ago, his agent, Quattro Mew, was still saying that, yes, it was still possible. But as time goes on and there's no real, you know, all the discussion is about where Timo is going, uh, how much Timo wants uh, per year. He's a pending RFA. Uh, no talk about the Sharks and Timo talking about an extension. And I think we could see this at the beginning of the season because at the beginning of the season, uh, Lemieux said the same thing that, you know, they weren't even expecting a contract offer from the Sharks until the end of the season. And not that that is, you know, Timo's an RFA, so that's, you know, maybe that's normal in some ways. But if you look at compared to last year when Thomas Hurdle was a UFA, different situation, but from the, you know, a year out from, from Hurdle's free agency, all the talk was, we want to sign this guy. We want, to, you know, we want to keep this guy in the fold. Whereas the Sharks weren't communicating that from, uh, you know, during the summer. And so, yeah, so it, it seems like even though it's still possible, it's really not likely. How much of his $6 million cap hit do you think Mike Greer is willing to retain? Because that's become a huge part of the equation mm-hmm. now that the Blues were willing to retain about half of Vladimir Tarasenko's cap hit and money in their deal with the Rangers. I think for it's it's just one year, so I don't there I don't think there's any barrier for him to uh, to retain on all of it. You know, I know we're going to talk about Eric Carlson in a little bit, and Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. The problem with Carlson is obviously is that uh, for the Sharks to retain, that's the next four years, and teams very rarely you know are going to retain that many years. Um, but uh, for Timo, just this year, um, they have uh, the Sharks have uh, they're already retaining on Brent Burns, and so they just have two more. Uh, they have two more slots that they can use. So there's no reason why that couldn't be uh, Timo this year. So how important is it to Meyer? You think to go somewhere where he knows he can get an extension, especially with that ten million dollar tender sitting out there in the off season? 
Um, you know, I don't think it's that important because in in some ways, um, you know, if, if if he's not happy where where he's traded, then well, he's just there for another year, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. team, even though that ten million qualifying offer is a little bit high, I mean, when you say Timo Meyer, I think that he's a player that at this point has established himself as pretty clearly. No one would argue like an eight point five nine million dollar player. So it's a, you know, it's a, a bit of a difference, a uh, ten million, but it's not. It's not like uh, he's a $3 million player with a $10 million qualifying offer. So you mentioned Eric Carlson. I'll pivot to him next Mm -hmm. because there are a glut of high-end defensemen that you would think are available on this market. He's at the top of the list, though. And for a franchise like San Jose that seems like they're in full-on rebuilding mode, it makes sense to move on from an aging defenseman with a lot of contract uh, left, a lot of term left on his deal. But you point out, It's not like there's going to be salary retention in that deal. There's multiple years left on it. So um, what do the Sharks reasonably expect from uh, an Eric Carlson deal? And where where do you get a sense? uh, What what do you get a sense as far as what teams are poking around? Well, there will be salary retention. There has to be because a team, even with as good as Eric has been, um, you know, this has been the one year that he's done that in this contract so far. The previous three seasons of his contract, it's, you know, been injury riddled or just hasn't performed as highly. The question really is how much the Sharks will retain. Um, You know, rumors are that uh, Sharks are willing to retain about 20% or 18%. Uh, and then the story came out, um, Elliot Freeman reported that the Edmonton Oilers, uh, that's one team that's definitely poking around, wants uh, the Sharks to retain about 40%. <laughs> and 40% on $11.5 million for the next four years after this season is quite a lot. But yeah. I think the two teams that we keep hearing most prominently are Edmonton and Ottawa uh, this year. And there's also a thought that during the summer, it might make more sense to to trade Carlson and for teams to try to take that money on because at that point during the summer, teams will have kind of a uh, renewed idea of what they're doing with their money, how they're distributing their money. And so we might not see a deal this trade down just because it's so many sort of gymnastics to get a deal uh, with this kind of money, uh, you know, figured out. So I have to ask who else is out there because when it comes to the Penguins, I think a lot of Pens fans understand the constraints Ron Hextall sure. is working under. Um, they look at a guy who at least publicly has stated he doesn't want to deal his first round pick, mm-hmm. doesn't have much, if any, cap space to work with. It would have to be salary out, salary in kind of deal. And also is probably more in need of a depth forward, especially a third line center than anything else. And immediately every Penguins fan's name goes to the tr- Sharks roster and goes, oh, I, Benino, 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 Benino. And <laughs> I, look, a 34-year-old guy on an expiring deal, um, he's certainly not what he was five, six years ago when he helped this team win a Stanley Cup. But I do think, it, how has he played this year, Nick Benino? And is that a guy that the Sharks would be willing to move for a relative uh, – I don't know, dearth of resources as compared to a Timo Meyer or Eric Carlson deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Bonino, um, Bonino uh, still offers, you know, he still leads the league in shot blocks, I think, for forwards. Um, he can still, you know, his, his, his goal scoring is a little bit uh, incon- uh, inconsistent. So, again, if you, if, you, if you trade for him and you expect that he's going to give you third, second line consistent production, which he used to do somewhere in thereabouts, right? He's not doing that anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. He's had uh, 
you know, last year, the first 18 games of the season, he didn't score a point, I think. Uh, this year, you know, I think the first 24 games of the season, he didn't score a goal, I think it was. And then, you know, he's gone on a little bit of a couple of hot streaks, you know. But so if, if that's a guy that uh, you, you're not counting on for too much scoring, you can slot him on your fourth line or he can play up occasionally when, you know, he's, he's kind of filling it right. Um, then, yeah, he still he still can contribute. You know, he has slowed down a bit, I think, with the skating. That's uh, from what I understand talking to people and just my own observation. But uh, he still is a, you know, a great leader, very well respected in the Sharks locker room. Um, he's a guy that would not think twice about uh, playing, you know, 10 minutes a night on a playoff team, you know, on your fourth line. And like I said, yeah, early while you can move him up and he's going to give you, you know, that kind of uh, a clutch performance. And in terms of just the return, um, yeah, I, I think because he's expiring, I, I don't think the Sharks would be asking for, uh, uh, you know, too much, you know. Uh, you know, you just probably want to, you know, outbid. There's going to be a couple other teams probably looking at a guy like that to help their fourth line out and, or their bottom six out in general. And so, you know, are you willing to give uh, maybe a fourth-round pick when the other teams are saying are set at fifth or if, if other teams go up to a fourth, you know, are you, you know, will they go, you know, pay up a little more? Uh, you know, I think that's kind of a price range we're talking about for Nick Benino. Sheng Peng of SJ Hockey now with us here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Before I let you run, Sheng, I got to ask, what's up with Kapo Kakinen? Um, saw he did not finish the game in Washington the other day, despite the Sharks upsetting the Caps uh, in D.C. Uh, should we expect him in net Tuesday night? I know full disclosure for those listening to the podcast, it's Monday morning Pacific time right now as we speak. So um, you haven't been to skate yet. You haven't been to practice yet uh, on Monday. So who knows what you'll find out when you get there. But uh, if it's not Kockenden, I imagine we're talking about Aaron Dell getting the start, who you know played pretty well in relief of Kockenden the other night. Um, what should we expect Tuesday night? <laughs> well, we don't know actually because actually they just canceled our practice last minute too. Oh. So, so we don't we don't know uh, what's gonna what's gonna happen uh, uh, today in terms of uh, uh, Kapo. Uh, uh, they did say uh, David Quinn uh, said that uh, you know Kapo seemed fine, but that kind of injury you know likely concussion spotter took him out. You know you never know, right? You can be right. fine the first day, or, but then you know kind of uh, uh, the next day or whatever you, you don't feel so good. And yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting uh, who will start for the Sharks tomorrow because it should be actually James Reimer, of course, but James Reimer uh, took ill uh, over the weekend and that's why they had to call up uh, Aaron Dell and you know, get him to fly over right the, the day before a, a morning afternoon game in Washington. And so uh, so it could be, it could be Aaron Dell, it could be their four-string goalie backing up uh, Aaron Dell for all, for all we know. Or it could be because uh, Reimer's, you know, uh, illness is not said to be a serious one. So it could be Kakinen and, and Reimer tomorrow. So <laughs> so it's it's basically close your eyes, throw a dart at the board, and exactly. see which goalie you land on. <laughs> exactly. Well, Shank, thanks so much for the time. Hey, w- before I let you run, I've, yeah. I've, tried to, I've tried to dip into this with some of the, especially insiders from other teams that we've mm-hmm. talked to. Um, what is it that... that I don't know. What is it that made you a hockey fan? What got you involved with the with covering the Sharks? And what has you chasing chasing down this beat uh, on an everyday basis now? Well, the uh, the dark, dark secret that I hold is that I actually grew up a Kings fan, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> only thing worse I could say to Sharks fan is that uh, I, I'm a Vegas fan or something like that. But anyway, uh, when I was a kid, uh, the um, I heard that the the Kings had traded for the greatest hockey player ever, and when I was a kid, I didn't know what hockey was because you know I grew up in LA, <laughs> and so so who who knew what hockey was? But right. I was a sports fan. You know, I grew up. Uh, I remember Showtime, Magic Johnson. I have some memories of that, right? 
And so when you hear on a news broadcast, well, the Kings have traded for the greatest you know, player, then that kind of gets your attention. And so first time I see Wayne Gretzky, it's, you know, he's modeling those white, silver and black uh, Kings right. jerseys for the, you know, for the first time. And that just was the coolest thing. And back then, of course, uh, I didn't have cable. So we only got the Kings like maybe five to 10 times uh, a, a season on, uh, right. you know, on broadcast TV. And but th- those were always uh, appointment TV, uh, television appointments for me. And I listened on the radio, the 92, 93 uh, Kings Stanley Cup run against the, 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 the Canadians. I listened to all that on the radio um, because there's only like the weekly ABC, I think, uh, uh, playoff games. So anyway, right. so that, that's what kind of got, got me into it. And in terms of just the Sharks, um, that's another longer story. But uh, uh, <laughs> my, my actually my first beat was actually uh, uh, NHL beat was covering the Vegas Golden Knights in their expansion year, which was pretty, uh, pretty incredible. And yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury, which I'm sure you guys know, is as mm-hmm. great to deal with. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, so he was incredible to deal with, just uh, at Pittsburgh being there. And uh, the next year, though, I ended up um, just kind of uh, personal things. Uh, my wife got a job in the Bay Area and just ended up uh, covering the Sharks. So I've been here since 2018-19. Uh, and they were pretty good the first year I was here. And it's been all downhill since then. <laughs> well, if it goes downhill, it's got to come back up at some point. And uh, <laughs> I hope so. I hope you, so. <laughs> you've made the Pacific Division rounds. I mean, you're ha- yep. almost halfway through the division. So keep up yep. the good work. Thanks for giving us a couple minutes here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Appreciate the intel on Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson, and what we should expect from the Sharks against the Pens on Tuesday night. Sheng Peng of SJ Hockey Now. Thanks so much, Sheng. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. <clears throat> In three, two, and one great stuff from Shang Peng, uh, getting us all the details, all the dirt on the Timo Meyer trade market, Eric Carlson trade market, and maybe just maybe, maybe there's a reunion for the pens with Benino, Benino, Benino. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, if they're left to digging out uh, the targets from below the top tier down on the second tier, maybe that's where they end up. All right. World-famous Pittsburgher and Penguin fan who's out on the West Coast in Southern California. Dave Damashek, he joins me next on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.